A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All eyes on the weather as we start off a Wednesday morning. How you doing? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke, and I'll pretty much guarantee you, however you're doing this morning, things are going to change a lot by the time we talk tomorrow morning, starting this afternoon. So for today, it looks like we're going to see sunshine. It's still going to hold with temperatures probably right around 29 degrees, so cold to say the least, but at least we'll have sunshine. And then by this afternoon, that's when things start to change. We're going to see temperatures start to slowly rise and precipitation starts moving in. Looks like light snow, sleet, and freezing rain could occur from Wednesday night into Thursday morning. By the time we get to Thursday, that's when we're going to start to see snow accumulating, maybe at times with rain, sleet, and freezing snow. Snow accumulations, it actually looks like the heaviest projections right now are in that Fond du Lac and North area. They're projected to get six inches or more of snow from basically Thursday into Friday. Western Wisconsin, La Crosse, Mauston, probably in the three to six range. Same thing for uh, Beaver Dam, Madison, and Southeast Wisconsin, right in that three to six inch range. At least that's what they're talking about right now. We'll find out what Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has to say about the verdict. He'll be coming our way in about 15 minutes. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. There is a lot of stress out there in America's Dairyland and all across the country for the people that are in the food supply chain and that are on the farm. And from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, my name is Josh Scramlin, and we've been bringing you this story for, uh, believe it or not, almost a year in March is when we first were being impacted by coronavirus. But there is also a lot of help out there for Wisconsin's farmers. And Bob, from what I understand, Scott found out about some virtual online workshops that are meant to help Wisconsin farmers. It really is, and it starts later this month. Uh, We have the Wisconsin Farm Center, Josh, kicking off a series of virtual farmer support group sessions. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. Now, the sessions are for individual couples. They'll be held 8 p.m. on the fourth Monday of every month, 1 p.m. on the first Tuesday of the month for any farmers, and at 8 p.m. the third Thursday of the month, specifically for farm couples, and they're being moderated by farmers who have already dealt with their own stresses. Uh, among the moderators will be Brittany and Sam Olson of the Chatech area in Barron County. They operate their own small dairy farm. And our Scott Schultz did talk with Brittany and asked what motivated uh, them to undergo the training and volunteer to be among the farmers moderating those groups. Well, my husband and I, we, we're, we're young farmers, and as, a, as pretty much every farmer knows, the last few years have been nothing short of a volatile dumpster fire. And prolonged exposure to stressful situations can lead to an uptick in mental illnesses like anxiety and depression. And 
over the last couple of years, it's been more accepted to open up about problems that we're facing and accept that it's okay not to be okay. And while my husband and I have been pretty open about our struggles with stress and anxiety on the farm, we thought it was a great opportunity to help and serve others in this capacity. How do you get involved? Did you uh, have to, you know, sign on and get trained or how how is that working? I was recruited and then we were trained. And what kind of training does this all involve? So it was a week-long training with the Wisconsin chapter of NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And what kind of things do you uh, talk about with that uh, in that training? So we talked about some of the things like the differences between therapy and support groups. We don't do therapy and support groups. We mm-hmm. we don't try to fix people. We try to encourage them and empower them to you know fix themselves if they want to. There is a difference. There is a difference then between therapy and support. And why is it important? Do you think for farmers to hear or to be able to talk with farmers? Is there a a different language or just to understand what's going on? Why is that important? I don't know that it's so much a different language as it is you just learn better when you connect with your peers. For, For example, when it comes to things like conservation research, farmers learn better from other farmers than they do university researchers or other industry professionals say when they're when their boots are on the ground walking on another person's farm at a you know like a pasture walk or a watershed group meeting they they just learn better from their peers because there's that mutual connection like oh this person gets it he's one of he's one of us or she's one of us i've always noticed how that worked in uh, throughout history we used to call it leaning on the line fence or talking at the line fence, and there was a lot of that that went on. Do you think we got away from that as generations passed and new generations came on here? Did we just get too busy, or what happened? Well, I think it's a lot of that. It's also a lot of there just not being as many farmers around anymore. The industry is consolidated and shrunk, and there's just not as many farmers out there to connect with. Like in your neighborhood, there used to be a a farm uh, where I grew up, you know, every mile had four, five, six farmers on it, uh, dairy farms, and and now that's just not the case. So where you are, are you geographically isolated from other farmers? What's the nearest farm uh, from you, for instance? Well... We're we're kind of in a unique situation. There's a farm right across the road from us, but like okay. when when you mentioned that you know there were four or five or six farms on your road, I think we maybe have four dairy farms in our township left. That isn't that isn't a whole lot, and that isn't a lot of ears and shoulders in the farm business then waiting to uh, no talk with. Yeah. As another example, Levette and I were doing herd checks. Oh, a couple years ago, and he's been practicing in Barron County since nineteen seven, since the early nineteen seventies. And I asked him, "Hey, Doctor Don, what did the dairy industry look like when you first graduated vet school?" And he said that in Barron County, when he when he started practicing veterinary medicine in the early nineteen seventies, there were about fifteen hundred dairy farms 
and 27 large animal vets. And today there's maybe 150 dairy farms, probably closer to 100 now, and maybe three large animal vets. Great. Sparsity is an issue. Now, tell me what kinds of things uh, might be talked about at, at one of these peer sessions. Is it just talking? Is it necessarily about the the woes that are going on on the farms? Or are there times when there might be just talking, do you expect? I think there's going to be a lot of both. We I don't know that we're going to know for sure until the first meetings start getting underway this month. When do the meetings get rolling? I think the first one is either at the end of this week or next week. Everything right now, of course, is virtual. Would that be a difference, do you think, down the road, it being virtual or not virtual or in person? I can't speak to that for sure, but I know that for a lot of farmers, it, you know, meeting virtually might be easier as long as they have good internet because who has the time to travel, you know, maybe across the state to meet with other farmers in this group once a month, you know? A lot of us live in rural, far-flung far places and just don't have the time to make long drives like that. And the people who are involved, will you know everybody before this program starts? Do you know the, the farmers who might be involved with it? Or how will that go? Are they strangers now who won't be strangers later? Probably the latter. They'll probably be strangers now who won't be strangers later. And you're comfortable with that. Uh, so that, that might be, there might be a need of just getting to know people then too uh, involved with us. Do you think that'll be the case? I think so. You know, for a lot of us, especially dairy farmers, we don't leave the farm all that much. And the only other person we might talk to besides our spouse or kids or employees is, you know, maybe the milk caller. It, it can be isolating and it can be lonely. You're a relatively outgoing person. Is your husband, Sam, as outgoing as you, would you describe him? Yes. Okay. And he's so, funnier. <laughs> we can accept that. Now, do, do you have to be, do you think, an outgoing person to participate in this? Or I, I wouldn't, can you be drawn out? I, I wouldn't say that you'd have to be outgoing, but it definitely helps. And you think you guys qualify for that part of it. So, again, go back to what are we missing society-wise that we have to actually organize peer groups? Or should we be having more neighborhood dances or farm gatherings? What What do we need, do you think? I, I think especially in the with the pandemic that we're all living through right now, where meeting in person is more difficult, I think there's just a profound lack of empathy and connection. And that's something that we need to get back to. I, I don't know that, you know, there's really a qualifying factor to be considered a leader for this for these types of groups, except, you know, you should probably care about other people. That sounds like an important part of things. Would we need this with or without the pandemic? Is is this something we should be doing anyway? I I think so, yes. Tell us about your farm, where your farm about is, and 
What what kinds of things you do at the farm there? You milk a few cows, I understand. Just a few cows, between 30 and 40. So in the grand All scheme right. of things, especially today, it is just a few. We're, we're about 10 minutes west of Chautauqua, um, mostly registered Holsteins, a handful of registered jerseys. Sam and I are the fifth generation on the farm, and we're taking over from his parents. And the farm has been in the family since 1902. Fifth generation. I've always wondered, is, does that bring an extra stress to farming uh, for someone to keep a farm going for another generation? Or is it just business? How do you look at that? Well, I know for some people, it's very stressful. You don't want to be the generation that lets it all go to pot. But I know for us, it's an extra pride factor for sure. You know, how many businesses get to continue for four or five generations? Again, reiterate for me, why do you feel that you should want to do this, especially as in that, can I call it a peer leadership position? I I just want to help people. I'm not a psychologist or a mental health professional. I'm just a farmer that knows what it's like to struggle with the war that's going on inside my brain. And I know that it, it it can be very lonely, but no one has to fight this alone. Thanks for visiting with me today. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. That's Brittany Olson, who farms in Barron County in the Chatech area with her husband, Sam, on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. I'm Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Because farm is in our name, you know that we care about the health and well-being of your animals. We carry an unbeatable selection of superior quality bulk feed as well as probiotics, dewormers, buckets, blankets, bedding, and more. Everything you need to keep your animals healthy and feeling their best. Right now, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, when you buy any three bags of Neutrina feed, get the fourth one free. Save on 200-pound tubs of all-natural protein for cattle. On sale, just $54.99. Rewards members pay $52.99. Stock up on 25-pound bags of NutraStar Kid Non-Medicated Milk Replacer and 25-pound bags of Advanced Lamb Non-Medicated Milk Replacer. Your choice, just $39.99. And save 20% on Performance Tool Automotive Specialty Tools. Plus, check out this great doorbuster deal. Right now, take $3 off 50-pound bags of Farm and Fleet Performance Dog or 40-pound bags of Original Cat Food. 
And mark your calendars for Chick Days coming soon. Go to farmandfleet.com for all the details. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, on a Wednesday, it's time now for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stumach Ag Meteorologist checking in with us live. And I was kind of asking you in the commercial break, what are we going to be looking at this time tomorrow morning? Is it going to be ice? Is it going to be snow? Is it going to be nothing? What do you see right now? Yep. <laughs> it depends It depends where you're at. I tell you, Pam, uh, western Wisconsin, La Crosse and Boston will have a little mixture of some freezing rain, sleet, snow, very light. In the Madison area, it may just be starting about this time tomorrow. And further east in Wisconsin, Beaverdam, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh may not start for a little bit longer. You look at when the winter storm watch starts. It starts already at 3 a.m. tomorrow at Mauston and then uh, 5 a.m. for La Crosse. Otherwise, in the east, the winter storm watch starts at 6 a.m. tomorrow for the rest of us. So we're going to have that little delay, but low pressure is building in. And yes, mixed precipitation is going to be what we talk about. Nothing out there to worry about today. High pressure just sliding to our east and southeast will make for another very fine day. A little patchy fog in the south. Keep that in mind. Everybody else in for a beautiful day, but then later tonight, things start, and I'll have more details on that right after this from Compute Boost agriculture Finance. production in 2021 by optimizing operations with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the resources to identify energy efficiency upgrades and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness, Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. All righty, Stu, give us as much detail as you can for the next 24 hours or so. All right, well, that little fog, especially in the south this morning, otherwise partly to mostly sunny, a very fine day. Low 30s, south winds a little bit stronger, about 5 to 10. This is a great day. Time to get ready, spend some time prepping, because later tonight, more clouds roll in, and late in the nighttime, a little light snow or a little freezing rain, especially in the western parts of the state, and then developing toward daybreak further east. Temperatures in the low and mid-20s overnight, south winds at 5 to 15. Tomorrow, when we all have the winter storm watch, cloudy skies, a mix of snow, could be a little freezing rain and snow later on in the day. It gets a little more breezy. We head up in the mid-30s with the south winds at 5 to 15, becoming westerly later in the day. Still a bit of light snow overnight Thursday into early Friday, partly sunny, breezy, and a whole lot colder Friday in the low teens with winds out of the west at 10 to 20, gusting to 30. What I'm thinking, Pam, tomorrow, some two to four inch amounts of snow almost everywhere, and maybe another inch or so just into Thursday night, and it's going to blow around and be a mess on Friday. And cold. And then all of a sudden and just... cold. Yeah. You got it. As a brick. Okay. Well, we'll uh, wait and see how quick she all rolls in and talk to you tomorrow morning at this time, all right? 
All right, see you then. Stumach is our ag meteorologist bringing you your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner, committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. Well, we are going to be visiting more about the weather as the morning unfolds, and we're also going to be talking a little bit about cream puffs. You want a new way to celebrate with your Valentine? Josh Scramlin's going to tell us more. That's coming your way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compure.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Do you suffer from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Is sleep a struggle? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. CBD has been working for my customers. While you have probably heard about me talking about CBD, I am on a mission to continue to educate on this natural alternative. We carry one of the largest and most reputable selections of CBD products in southern Wisconsin. Our AMM CBD certified wellness consultants are on the cutting edge of CBD knowledge and are trained to find the right brand and potency for your relief. Whether you're suffering from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, or sleep problems, CBD works. With dozens of high-quality CBD products and brands to choose from, we can find you relief at a price point as low as a dollar a day. Visit one of our four Madison-based locations. Enjoy our live chat feature on our website. Check us out online with free shipping at findyourhealthyplace.com and free same-day delivery for our Dane County customers. The Healthy Place. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance company still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Zach, one more news and note for Wisconsin, but for the football team, did I see Danny Davis is coming back for his second senior year? Significant. Yes, Significant. he is. He is back for uh, his fifth year, I guess, his second senior year. It's a huge get. I mean, a little bit quietly, he's got, he's got uh, 99 catches in his career. He's got a chance to finish in the top 10 in that. He's got over 1,100 yards received. He's got a chance to finish in the top 10 in Wisconsin history for that. And he's got... Um, 12 touchdowns, which oh, yeah. he has a chance to finish in the top 10 in that. Like he, that is, you know, for, uh, he's since his freshman year, it really probably hasn't, he hasn't played maybe at the level a lot of people thought he could, but he was off to a really hot start, uh, last fall before, uh, his injury at Michigan. And I think it's huge to get him back because now you have him, Kendrick Pryor and Jake Ferguson all returning. And uh, that has to be a huge, huge lift for, for Graham Mertz. It's, that's huge news. I think that's the big that for guys that are returning in terms of guys that are getting a second senior year, he's the most important. And did I see so, some, yeah, that's yeah, that's huge. Did I see someone else in the transfer portal? Yeah, Madison Cone. Cone, that's uh, what it was, yeah. Yeah, it played in games but you know, uh was was a spot duty pretty much the, his entire career. Gotcha. Um so yeah, I mean he was a senior as well. So he's obviously got going to try him for another senior year somewhere else. All right, Zach Halpern joining us right now, our sports director. Zach, before I let you go, we're sticking on the football field, but we're looking at now the drama that always surrounds in the offseason for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, there's some, there's some drama in there, man. It's like a daytime soap opera. Did you ever stay, when you stayed home from school, if you were sick as a kid, did you watch like the Maury's or the Jerry Springer's or did you watch the daytime soap operas? Be honest, Zach. Uh, I don't ever remember being able to do that when I was a kid. However, uh, were you the pinnacle went, of health or what? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> just parents wouldn't allow it. But like they, um, when we go out and visit my grandparents out in Arizona, 
And yes, they were heavy, heavy soap watchers. So I would get into it for like the week that we were there. Oh yeah, dude. There's always like someone's someone's boning someone, and then there's like some twins and some you know. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of crazy stuff involved. But I don't think there's any twins up in Lambo. But there is some craziness. As you know, Rogers talking about his career being a beautiful mystery, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'd like to be back with the Packers, but nothing's infinite or nothing's absolute in this league." And then you have you know him going to the Pat McAfee show saying, you know. That, yeah, I want to be back. Then he throws the butt in there. And then now you have Brian Gutekunst on the podium, and you have Matt LaFour on the podium saying that their long-term plans are with Aaron Rodgers. I want to be very clear here because a lot of people have been accusing me of things this week, and it's only Tuesday. Uh, I was accused again, Zach, me of all people, I can't believe it, of a fire starter, of stoking the flames of this Rodgers drama. Me of all people. Mm. Me, mm. me. Mm. I thought it, I thought it was the beat writers. Same, and I thought it was TJ. Do you see TJ Lang said Rogers is hell bent on getting revenge on the Packers? I mean, it's his former teammates too. Me, I'm just like I'm a conduit, Zach. I'm a highway of information. But Zach Brian Gutekunst on the podium yesterday was saying that he wants you know Rogers back. He's going to have Rogers back. Have you ever heard a GM tell the truth on the podium though? Like when it comes to guys getting cut, traded, etc. Ted Thompson never lied. He just never said anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He never went to the podium. Look, have you ever heard of a have you heard of an instance where a, a GM yeah, or yeah. a coach was like, "Yeah, this guy stinks. We want him out of here." No, but when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and uh, you know being who he is, I think it was something that they had to do, largely because no matter how this, this turns out, like there's going to be people on on both sides. But the Packers have the ability to put it out there that they want him. They don't want him going anywhere. It's going to be you know, and they it's going to be years, and they can put. You know, I guess put their money where the mouth is a little bit here and, and um, re- restructure his contract and give him some guaranteed money that, you know, it shows him that he's not just going to be a one-year, uh, you know, guy until they can cut him and, and get some cal- uh, salary cap. Doesn't want to be a like lame they, duck quarterback? Yes, they can They can do that. Uh, and if they do that, uh, if, if that all works out, that's great. But um, until they do that, I don't think the words mean a a ton, you know what I mean? Like, are you stoking fires right now, Zach Heilprin? I think I think your actions <laughs> matter more, and I think and I think that goes with for Aaron Rodgers too. Uh, you know, he can say whatever he wants, but if he, uh, you know, if he's trying to work his way out, which he's not, uh, I don't think. But the Packers have a chance to to shut everything up if they are able to restructure his contract and give him more guaranteed money and then spread it out. It helps both Rodgers uh, get comfortable and. It gives them the needed salary cap relief to potentially hold on to some guys that he wants them to hold on to and potentially go out and get others. So um, it needs to get done one way or the other, and if it does, then we'll know they were serious. If it doesn't, if, if that doesn't get done, then I think, you know, well, uh, Tyron should be going off. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Alrighty, so if weather is not on your mind this morning, let me put it there because things are going to start changing as of uh, this afternoon into the evening hours. Today should be nice enough, sunshine and 29 degrees, but then things start getting a little sketchy beginning tonight into Thursday morning with the possibility of snow, freezing rain, or ice. And then on Thursday, everything switches over to snow. Looks like the heaviest amounts are going to be north of Fond du Lac, where they're expected to get six inches or more. Most of the rest of us, three to six inches of accumulation sometime through the day on Thursday into Friday morning. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. So let's keep that weather theme going. Did you know on this day in 1959, 
It's considered the day that music died. Bad weather had really been a problem for the Winter Dance Party Tour, featuring Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. They had already been barely able to complete performances in Green Bay and Appleton over the weekend because of treacherous weather. So they decided, after their performance at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa, that they would take a plane to their next performance. Well, that's how music died. It uh, drove into an Iowa cornfield and all perished on this day in 1959. Here's another weather-related tidbit for you. The deadliest snowstorm in history happened on this day in 1972. Where do you think it was? I bet you're thinking somewhere in the United States, right? Or maybe Russia, Siberia. Well, in reality, the 1972 deadliest snowstorm in history killed 4,000 people, and it was the Iran blizzard. It lasted a week and left villages without survivors. That happened on this day, actually, I guess this week, back in 1972, the Iran blizzard. Well, fortunately, we're not going to have to deal with any of that. Let's put a little more positive spin on things today, shall we? Valentine's Day is coming up. And if you haven't already tried to get your heart-shaped box of Wisconsin cheese, we've got another Wisconsin original you might want to consider. Josh? The Wisconsin State Fair isn't set to take place until August 5th through the 15th of this year. But for folks that want to get their hands on one of the most iconic products to come out of the fairgrounds, your time is now. Organizers of the State Fair have announced that they are going to do one more curbside cream puff event for Valentine's Day. And for that event, they have announced a couple of special themed flavors. With that, I'm going to bring in Jen Puente. She is the Chief Marketing Officer for the Wisconsin State Fair. So, Jen, what are the things that we need to know about these special cream puffs? Yes, we have two flavors for the first time ever, and that is the brand new strawberry cream puff and then the fan favorite cocoa cream puff. We learned over the holidays that, wow, cocoa is really, really a special adventure. But I will tell you some insider information. The strawberry is delicious. Well, I had my suspicions, but I'm, I'm glad that it is confirmed now. Jen, this is not the first time that you guys at the State Fair have done a curbside cream puff event. I remember there were some last summer, some around the holidays, but which ones have you done so far? Yeah, we did the regular uh, cream puffs in the summer, the original cream puff over the summer of what would have been the traditional 11 days of the fair. Um, and then in um, October, we had the pumpkin spice cream puff. So we were competing with all those pumpkin spice lattes and everything pumpkin spice out there. And that was a great success. And then we introduced cocoa for uh, the holidays and then uh, the strawberry for Valentine's Day, which will be our final specialty cream puff event because we really need to turn our sights to the 2021 Wisconsin State Fair. Of course. And like I said, August 5th through the 15th of this year is when that is going to happen. But back to the cream puffs, have these curbside events been a success? It really has been a success. Um, Otherwise, we wouldn't be bringing them back, of course. Um, But people really love that opportunity to come into the fairgrounds feel connected to the fair because like us, we're holding out hope that we're going to have a 2021 fair and it gives them something new and innovative to try. I mean, during the the normal 11 days of the fair, we saw almost 400,000 original cream puffs. So when we put some of this new twists and spins on the on the favorite, people really do want to get their hands on them. So we've been really excited about the response. And, you know, we try to remind people too, that if you don't pre-order, there's a chance you could miss out. Well, you certainly don't want that to happen. So what do we need to know as far as details on this Valentine's Day cream puff event? 
Absolutely. So the Valentine's Cream Puff event will happen Thursday, February 11th through Sunday, February 14th, right at State Fair Park. Um, We make it really, really easy on you, especially if you, uh, whether you pre-order or not, you come into Gate 5, that uh, gate right by all the barns in the agriculture area, you drive right through, you pick up your cream puffs, and you're out in no time. Um, You know, certainly on those busier times, we ask for a little bit of patience, but pre-ordering really does make it easy. You can go to wistatefair.com for all of those details. Now, the the strawberry and the cocoa come in both three-packs and six-packs, so you can get, you know... Get your fix, get your fill, or get a three-pack of each and kind of mix them up and and share them. Um, Now, if you pre-order by February 7th, you will receive a discount. Um, You'll save $2 on a three-pack and $3 on a six-pack. If you'd like to get the dates and times and the link to pre-order, you can do so by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Josh Scramlin. Thanks, Josh. So yummy treats available for your Valentine's celebration. The only catch is, like she said, you do have to pick them up at Wisconsin State Fair Park. But we've got all the details up at MidwestFarmReport.com. Another detail you'll see at MidwestFarmReport.com is that our friends at the Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Association have announced that they have canceled all of their annual district meetings this spring. Uh, Kurt Larson, president and CEO, said in light of the pandemic, they just thought it was in everybody's best interest to cancel the events. We'll be talking with Kurt a little bit later this week and find out more about the financial performance for the association and bring that to you. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are a little soft. Right now, December corn is down two at 4.45. November beans are down a dime at 11.40. July wheat currently a nickel lower at 6.24 a bushel. Barrel cheese was unchanged yesterday. 40-pound block cheese gained three quarters of a cent at a dollar fifty-nine. Double A butter that gained eight and a quarter cents on Tuesday to one twenty-nine and a quarter per pound. February milk is up six right now at fifteen seventy-eight a hundredweight. March milk up twelve at sixteen thirty-seven a hundredweight. You know, the pandemic has impacted all of our lives and many of our communities. In rural Wisconsin, the struggles look a little different than the urban city centers. We're going to be talking about that next with an ag economist from the UW-Madison that's looked specifically on the pandemic and its impact on our rural communities. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. These days, vehicles are powered by many different sources. Tom's Auto Center repairs them all. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Gas, electric, diesel, and hybrids. Plus, we offer free pickup and delivery within a 10-mile radius. And a loaner car if you need one. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center With a getter fix, get her done To get you going, guys Off Highway 51 in McFarland A stone's throw from McDonald's the Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Dahl Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Dahl Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were 
were traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit MadisonAreaCrimestoppers.org or Madison Area Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Phase one, clear, take off. Since 1995, the global positioning system, or GPS, developed by the U.S. military, Here we go. has been operational for civilian use. Please proceed to the highlight Today, the men and women of the Air Force Reserve continue their vital mission. Guiding you safely on your way while protecting the freedoms we all enjoy. The United States Air Force Reserve, guiding and protecting America. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and providing I can get into the studios tomorrow morning, we'll be visiting with Zach Bowers from Rice Dairy down in Chicago, also a part of the Ever Ag group about what's happening in dairy. He'll be joining us live tomorrow, like I said, so long as I can get into the studios. Well, today in the studio, Tessa Conroy joins us. She is an assistant professor at the UW-Madison. She works in the Department of Ag and Applied Economics, and she focuses in on what's happening in rural communities, not just agriculture. You know, in light of the pandemic, rural communities have been through the ringer as far as trying to survive, just like Wisconsin agriculture has. So I had a chance to visit with Tessa Conroy and asked her to give me some of the bullet points that she notes right up front when it comes to the pandemic's impact on rural Wisconsin and how we're going to have to turn things around on the other side of the pandemic? The first is job loss. Of course, we know that there was substantial job loss, particularly in the early months of the pandemic. And I was interested when I was kind of comparing urban and rural Wisconsin, that there's an extent to which that tracks pretty closely. It seems that in recent months, urban areas have maybe recovered a bit better. Um, but early on, tracking fairly closely, I think it's just important to keep in mind that as we were going into the pandemic, Urban areas had pretty much recovered, more than recovered, from the Great Recession 10 years ago, so they went into it in a better position. Rural areas, some of them had not yet recovered from the Great Recession or had just barely reached uh, those employment levels again. So when the pandemic hit, even though it looked like a comparable trajectory, it's just important to keep in mind that that gap that we had going into it persisted. And it is all about gap when you start talking about uh, rural Wisconsin versus the urban city center areas. Let's talk a little bit about some of your other observations. The one that always jumps out at me is the disconnect, no pun intended, between having broadband and not having broadband. Uh, that really has become an uh, anthem across the state of Wisconsin. What did you find that, uh, as far as that data point, when it comes to rural Wisconsin versus the city centers? Right. So, of course, it's the case um, that broadband was an issue before, and it's only more acute now. Uh, the biggest scraps excuse me, gaps in broadband are with the low-income uh, rural communities. That's where we see sort of the, the greatest disparity. So an instance of where the pandemic has made more clear the haves and the have-nots. Uh, so I think, though, there's an opportunity, though, too, um, for rural communities that do have broadband or are able to uh, expand, find a way to expand access. We're also seeing more telecommuting. 
So if people are unanchored to their place of work, if they can work from home and home can be wherever they want it to be, uh, perhaps rural areas will see a bit of what I, I'm calling a, a rural renaissance. Maybe we'll have some more people move into those communities because they can work from home. Um, but broadband is going to be really important in recruiting uh, and attracting a new population into the, our communities. Well, and we are all doing things differently, for sure, at least in one way, shape, or form of our lives. You mentioned that uh, if we can find a way to get broadband into the rural communities, that uh, that need to buy local, to know what's going on with our food, that might have also been uh, a calling back to the country, so to speak. Right. We're seeing, you know, it seems I keep hearing, you know, that small food processors, uh, meat processors in particularly, it, it seems that people are um, buying more local. There's evidence that people are preferring to shop right now at small and less crowded retailers. So maybe in our rural communities, rather than going into the city, going into um, a big box or more crowded shopping center, we stay in our local community. We go to the local hardware store as we continue with our, you know, home improvement projects and that sort of thing. So I do think that there, there's some reallocation, some shifts that actually create some opportunities right now. You also took a look at uh, the pandemic's impact on healthcare in rural Wisconsin. And we should help people understand that is not just rural hospitals or a clinic. It's actually a fairly big category that you had to look at. Right. So healthcare and social assistance includes things like childcare, and childcare certainly uh, seen a challenging several months here. So in addition to childcare providers that have had to you know, restrict their, their services, shut down entirely. Um, we're seeing those impacts. So a lot of job loss in the healthcare sector and the rural hospitals and clinics that may be, you know, re- reduced to their services in anticipation of an intake of more COVID patients. And then when that didn't happen, things were quite slow. So they didn't have the same labor needs there uh, for a few months. So uh, healthcare and social assistance is just one of those sectors that did suffer pretty large impacts. You know, I was telling... Tessa, Tessa Conroy is along with us, uh, assistant professor at uh, the UW in the Department of Ag and Applied Economics. I was mentioning to Tessa, you know, kind of back to that broadband issue. For people that have it, you don't realize how much you use it to do so many different things. And Tessa, you looked at a lot of different components that uh, people used (laughs) ad nauseum in some cases during the pandemic that rural Wisconsin may not have even had access to. Right. So I think... We used to think of broadband as just a, maybe a modern amenity, but I think the pandemic has made more clear that it's connected to so many different aspects of life. So some of us are getting our healthcare over the internet right now through telehealth or counseling, uh, getting our education, our kids are going to school over the internet, our work, if you're able to work from home, having broadband internet is really important for being able to stay at home. And I think, you know, right now it's just important for staying sane to some extent that we are recreating and entertaining ourselves at home. So if you're able to watch that show or do some of your shopping online, it can help us, you know, reduce our risk of exposure, perhaps follow the mandates that they may pertain in your community. So all of these different ways in which broadband is connected to our well-being right now. Well, and just staying connected as an individual, you're right. Now, although we are painting kind of a downward picture on what the pandemic has done to rural Wisconsin and its economy, there are a couple other points that we want to point out as well. Tessa and I were talking about your local supper club, your local diner. Uh, in rural Wisconsin, even if they didn't have 
a service, per se, that uh, could run orders out. You saw evidence that a lot of rural Wisconsin stuck together to keep those businesses afloat. Right. So definitely we look across rural Wisconsin, a lot of the places that have larger sector or larger um, component of their economy that is reliant on hotels, restaurants, entertainment, had bigger losses. But we also hear anecdotes of communities really pulling together. So even though there might not be Grubhub in a rural community or other food delivery services, uh, some restaurants offering curbside, figuring out how to recalibrate, we hear anecdotes of communities kind of rallying behind their restaurants and still trying to find ways to get takeout and help support their local businesses. Well, and another brighter item, I guess, that we can think about going forward, rural tourism. Uh, You mentioned that for a while it just got punched in the face because nobody knew how to handle visitors for a rural tourism situation, hotels, restaurants impacted. But you think that we might come out of that a little bit better? With with the hotels and restaurants, it, so certainly at the beginning when people were staying at home, you know, we weren't out doing tourism. We weren't maybe vacationing like we all hoped at the beginning. Um, but I think within rural communities, we're hearing aspects of agritourism that did well. So maybe um, we we're looking for an option that's less crowded or where um, it's um, we're less likely to be around as many people. We're more likely to be outside. So those types of agritourism options um, seem to be another opportunity in um, in the rural community. Tessa Conroy along with us. So as we go forward, let's say uh, the pandemic is now in our rearview mirrors. What uh, habits do you imagine, Tessa, we've acquired that we will keep in place that can kind of be a, a tip of the hat to rural Wisconsin to, like you said, plan forward? What should they be thinking about? Yeah, I anticipate that there will be some changes in behavior that do last. So I think we're seeing, for example, in the telecommuting can work pretty well in some instances and in some uh, types of industries. So I think that could be good for rural Wisconsin, that if people are less anchored to a place of work, maybe they uh, want to make their, their home in a rural community and now they're more able to do that. Um, there seems to be some shifts in the way we buy things. Um, I keep hearing about how um, small meat processors, for example, are, are shifting the way we buy our food in some ways, and that could last. Um, being outdoors, taking up new types of activities, I think all of these could be promising and lasting changes that are um, good for rural Wisconsin. So the positives and negatives of the pandemic's impact on rural Wisconsin. Tessa Conroy taking a look at that. She is an assistant professor at UW-Madison and works in the Department of Agriculture and Applied Economics. And like she said, uh, for what we have been challenged with in rural Wisconsin, it has also given us an opportunity to see the positives that we can offer to people that might be looking to return to life in rural Wisconsin. But like she said, it is definitely going to take time. And time is exactly...